Well, hello everyone. Welcome to VR Verdict Podcast, episode 151, our weekly podcast where we talk about everything VR. I'm PJ. I'm Wookie. And joining us is one of the coolest uh, VR peeps around, um, Jose the VR Tech. Hey, man. Hey, what's up, you guys? Thank you for having me, Wookie and VR. Yo. Hey, what is <laughs> up, man? <laughs> Oh, um, dude. Yeah, we, we tried to talk a long time ago and then our space kind of fizzled out. And so we're trying to. We're rebuilding. Yep. yep. Rebuilding, oh. doing the Zoom thing until then. So awesome. <laughs> glad to hey, finally yeah. chat with you. We've been oh, dude, I'm, Twitter I'm so friends hyped. forever. And you, I mean, you're one like, you're an industrious motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I, you know, it, it's really funny. You're, you're one of the, the very few that have said that to me like out loud because it, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's one of the, it's one of those things that uh, I always kind of fantasize after, you know, becoming, that is the template. Exactly. The industrialist <laughs> is definitely the, the, the term, you know, a lot of people yeah. don't, don't realize how, how just being a technical gadgeting, you know, makeshifter, like just the, oh man, I love it. It's, it's yeah. what drives me, man. It, it, it's such a, it, it's, oh, it's so weird, right? Because I, I grew up with like the tech and the hardware geek being such a normal thing that now as I'm getting older, it's like, where did these, where where did right. you guys go? Where, where, where are the gone. yeah, dude? Like I, I remember like phones, get making... new phones. Exactly, man. It, it's just it's so I miss it, man. And and, and I think the the last draw for me, funny ironically, was maybe like around two thousand and eight, um, two thousand eight oh nine, right? Uh, I, I think I think that's what it was when Metal Gear Solid Four came out and. <laughs> They were they they had this character. I forgot his name, man. But um, that that there was like a arms dealer for like the, the he was like hacking the, the 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 weapons, and he was so he, he ended up becoming like mm -hmm. a like a third party vendor for everybody in in the war in the war system. So this guy elevated himself just by being like a hacker nerd. And I was like, man, wait a minute. If you are smarter smarter than the forces that be, then you don't have to play by anybody's rules, right? That's yeah. that's where that's where the term of actual freedom came into my mind, right? And and, and it's just it, it's something that I never I, since then I never looked back. It's like I I must know I must break every time there's a new headset. I'm more thinking about like how do I you know jailbreak it or figure out <laughs> how to bring out the most value out of this because I mean you guys been in the VR space before as long as I have right so you guys know the the realities mm -hmm. of what happens when business people try to make decisions of what actual enjoyment or or how to use our products. So it's yeah it's. That's uh, yeah, industrialist is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Remember, oh, go ahead. I was just saying. I remember I haven't been on Twitter for uh, you know via verdict that long, <clears throat> and um, I remember when I first started seeing you pop up, Jose, and I was like, "Oh, this guy sounds awesome!" And then it just kind of <laughs> keeps on going. Like, oh, I did this physical thing, and like when you say that, it's true because like just a couple weeks ago, somebody showed me just some little me you game emulator pad and i was like i haven't seen anybody say hey look at this cool piece of tech i'm like i'm like hey look at my zoom and <laughs> so yeah. oh, zoom. and he's like what and you're right there those people are gone so i was like i'm following this guy and oh, it's man, been fun ever since oh man that 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 means that means so much and that's exactly the reason why i had a you know look in the mirror and kind of start putting myself out there and say, look, you know, I can't be waiting for 
you know, a John Carmack 2.0 to show up or a Palmer Lucky, you know, uh, for the new age of VR, right? Because quite frankly, that's kind of the, the people that most people tend to follow. And most, and, and to be quite frank, and I love them both, they're not even in the VR industry anymore, right? They're both focused mm -hmm. on, you know, Palmer's focused on, on, on militarization and, and Carmack is on AI. And it's it, it's something that I kind of realized. I was like, wait a minute, VR is freaking cool. It's starting to become more accessible than ever. Wait a minute, why? What happened to the people, you know, making operating systems or you know, modifying headsets, building custom headsets? Yeah. And I started putting myself out there. I started realizing that nobody was going to seek out my knowledge if they didn't know what I did, right? If I wasn't <laughs> championing my own work. And, and and I think that's that's really where Reboot Imagine came from, my company, right? It, it's, it, it, it was kind of realizing that the, the decision makers and, and the leaders of this space are like any business, they're in it for themselves, right? And if you want to grow in the space and you, in, and, celebrate your own work you almost have to do it yourself right it, it, it's so it's so weird right because it almost sounds not, like obvious right that people tell you oh yeah just put your stuff out there and share it that's what we all do right but mm -hmm. it, it's so weird to 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 kind of like make the realization it's like oh wait a minute that's not what you're supposed to do it's the only way to do it <laughs> it's the yeah. only way to do it <laughs> yeah it's i mean i'm i i I like technology. I've been into technology my whole life. I tinker with things, not on the same level by any means, but like in VR, especially like I started out, I'm like, I'll play these games. Like VR is awesome. Like blew my mind. Like I want to play more. I want to do everything. Um, but like yourself and others are just like, like you said, you grab a brand new headset and like take it apart. And I'm like, you have no idea how nice and gentle I am with like my quest three. When I set it on the <laughs> shelf, like, <laughs> Because I just, I, you know, I have a full-time day job and all that boring stuff. So it's like, if that thing breaks, what else am I going to do tonight? So um, I appreciate you guys that kind of, like you said, kind of tear tear things down and, and find a, an open source to do most things and trying to, you know, not just follow like Meta's goals or anyone else like, you know, Valve or anything. So it's really neat to see because like when I first kind of ran into you on Twitter, like all I knew is you kind of own and ran an arcade. And I'm yeah. like, that's freaking cool. <laughs> um, there was a point in time right before the pandemic where I, I was thinking about doing that, but I don't live in a big city. And I'm like, whatever happens, happens. And then that, you know, the pandemic happened. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's so funny. Yeah, it, it, it's so interesting. And, and, and you know, Arcades are are, are such a, an underrated value, yeah. um, not just to VR, yeah. but to to the entire imagination space of inspiration for the next generation. Like I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for the arcades, right? The the, yeah. the our arcades are are of course they're a business, but think about all the psychologies behind an arcade, right? There it's a showcase of you know, everybody, they're fighting for your quarters, right? They're not fighting for $10 <laughs> bills. They're fighting for quarters. So it's scrappy. So you have to be loud and, and the games have to be incredibly enticing, right? Daytona USA arcade system, right? Like I, I, people, any, anybody who hasn't even played the game, they walk by an arcade, they hear the Daytona and they just immediately know what it is. There's a, there's a, there's a, there is a connection to entertainment that people often forget and, 
you know, that for better or for worse, that was because of the internet, right? The internet made yeah. entertainment so accessible that we forgot what finding the 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 gem in the rough right that that arcade system that video game right uh most people like when you ask anybody for like their top game of all time they usually tend to go for a game that's not well known or a game that's emotionally you know they emotionally resonated were connected with and that was arcades for me it was the you know, I was uh, a fairly lonely kid. I was too smart for my age, so I, I couldn't really relate to much kids my age. And arcades were a place where I found a sense of community, right? I found mm -hmm. people that were like like minded. I was I was and it's just being able to to know that my dad, you know, and my mom, because it was like a barcade at the time, you know, before they were called barcades, right? It's Puerto Rico. <laughs> they just had three or four machines outside the bar, right? And my dad's like, Yeah, here's a dollar and go play yeah. over there. And but to it, it just all of the psychology behind it's like oh man like he has fun I have fun and I get to meet people and that just it, it was like a, a seed in 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 my mind and my heart and I, I, I mean, never found what's up I was gonna say even if the coin machines ate like your ten dollar bill like you never had a bad time in an arcade never never <laughs> and, and, and once again quarters right think about yeah. that like it, it, they're fighting for 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 pocket change and yeah. It's so, it, it's such a logic that I dearly miss, right? Because right now everybody's not going for the quarter anymore, right? And oh, yeah. we are getting, and for better or for worse, we oh, are reaching oh. that. Yeah, right. It sounds, it sounds interesting, right? Like when you think about, it, it's like we're a, a, a quarter, a, a under a dollar. What kind of experiences do you provide for that cost? It has to be an experience that's almost as addicting as sugar, <laughs> right? We, yeah. When software, we have seen that before, like uh, I, I'm trying to remember Flappy Bird, right? Candy Crush, right? These these ad based games that are that are essentially paying you're playing for ads, essentially. Yeah. Right. And. It, it's something that the VR, that the VR space is now starting to enter. Um, I saw it around 2014. I, I started noticing that VR was going mainstream and. The connections of arcades and VR started making sense because now the developers that were making VR games started looking at, I mean, in 2014, they weren't thinking about the quarter. They were thinking about, you know, the $50,000 procurement for all these headsets and free roam, like zero latency and the void and all these big uh, VR arcade franchise. And the pandemic hit. As you mentioned, yeah. the, it changed everything. And, and now arcades started realizing, wait a minute. We we can't afford the fifty thousand dollar VR procurement. Now the real developers, the 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 the, the experience um, makers, the people that are they started looking at the, the the dollar, the quarter experiences, right? And now they're we're now in the licensing space or or the licensing conversation of XR and VR, where arcades are now partnering with vendors and platforms to you know make games that can be charged by the minute, right? And once again, that now the psychology, it's scrappy and everybody's competing for that attention. What are the games that are going to be so enticing at that low of a cost that you make a return on? Right? Yeah. Ghostbusters, the uh the the game that just came out that's the multiplayer that actually a lot of people don't know that there's a game called Ghostbusters VR Academy for LBE, the same game, right? <laughs> so there's a that you start seeing the 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 industry recycling of content that we see in you know traditional games and arcades to kind of it's it's all full circle so it's it, it's I'm so grateful to to my background in in, in arcades and and building that industry because now we're in the mainstream uh, 
position. Yeah, that's and I I question like if it wasn't for the arcade VR arcade that I ran into, like I may not have gotten into VR because you, you I don't know if I would have you know if it became mainstream. Definitely, I'd like now if like I had never gotten into VR if I saw a Quest Three, I'd I'd have one. But you know that that's years past you know when I did get into VR and the same with Wookie when he came up and visit I'm like hey cut we're gonna go do this and we did it and he had the same reaction I did like it just blew us away um but again back to arcades like you know we're uh, we're an older generation like I remember when we were tiny little kids like like you kind of mentioned we'd go out to eat and there's this one little game Zaxxon that Wookie and I would just <laughs> The food was great, but like we went to play Zaxxon and then, um, you know, as, as... carrots and cheese oh, and a pizza burger, oh, yeah, <laughs> go to the Zaxxon <laughs> table like every time. Oh man, but we'd you'd weekly return to the arcade and see what's new and play like the pinball machine you loved, and sh you know, but there was a time there like when I was like, getting depressed when arcades were like disappearing, going away, and it was like, oh man, that really, and it was like you said, the internet because it had a same thing like. Land parties were a similar thing. Like they just disappeared once online yeah. came out, which yeah. sucked. Um, yeah. But it was it was a real nostalgia blast. My wife and I went on a little mini vacation and happened upon this arcade, kind of in the middle of nowhere. And it was a kind you go in, you pay twenty bucks, you can play whatever you want. So it's pretty cool. But they had this walls of pin old pinball machine, like any game you could think of, they had it. And it was just like. Like we were there for hours and my wife isn't like she plays stuff, but she's not like a gamer. So it was like just that nostalgia for her too. like playing pinball was just, I mean, Only 20 bucks to get in. Like, that's yeah, good. that's a deal. <laughs> yeah. And like, we're, I'd be giving them 20 bucks every hour. And yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, it was insane. So yeah, I was, I don't know. It, it, I'm glad to see you guys come back from, like I said, the pandemic and stuff and mm -hmm. glad to see that's happening. Yeah. Again, I live in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. There's no like VR arcade near me. I have to drive a while to get there. Not but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we can come to you. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's 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 the cool thing about arcades, right? I call it candy with the medicine, right? Yep. <laughs> it, it, it's it's the perfect way of getting you know our generation and and forward into an idea, into learning, right? Edutainment is arcades 101. Like a lot of people don't realize that the concept of even the, just basic engagement we learn from laser tag, right? From video <laughs> games. Like like all it, it, we take uh, gaming uh is so it's such an underrated uh um teaching method and tool yes. that we don't realize that that's the reason the arcades are so nostalgic. We, yeah. we we learn so much from video games. We 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 learn a sense of community at arcades. We we often interact with the you know the first favorite franchise or or find uh the um as I like to call it you know the the forever game right. Everybody has that in arcade. That that's that's the game that you go immediately to. For me, it's TMNT Turtles in Time. The arcade yep. game. Yes. <laughs> yes. If they don't have that, you know, they got the X Men you know arcade game. <clears throat> So it's it's one or the other, and only at arcades you can you can kind of um, experience that. Unless you you know you have a friend that that has like a lot of retro console collections, and, and you get brought. What's up? Sorry, the the you know, like the X Men games, the Simpsons game, any of those four player games, like yeah. you could legit make friends. Just yes, walk up, put a quarter in, and you guys bond. Like exactly, it's crazy. It's so <laughs> I, and it's 
Oh man, it, it's something that I I genuinely um chase in in, in what we're doing uh, at my company because I truly believe that the sentiments that we're talking about are are shared um at a scale that you know from people that are thinking about building arcades or building an experience funny enough even founders and companies that have nothing to do with games right they're decentralized business operations where they're starting to realize that work should be fun right life should be fun i i, I that's something that uh that's the, the reason that i'm not you know working in a traditional blue white collar job is because i don't like the concept of a nine to five, a current idea of a nine to five, right? Yeah. Why can't I do my already online focused business operations from a beach, right? People always talk about that. They make it seem like such a horrible way, but the, the realities are they're just afraid of saying what they're really feeling. And it's, I'm afraid of somebody having so much fun that they're not working. Instead of saying, how do I make the job so fun that they don't realize they're working? Are you hiring? <laughs> dude uh 2024 uh that's you, you definitely stay tuned we we are we are wrapping and we're looking for technicians all across the nation so we're we're, we're building but that's uh that's exactly it you know a, a lot of people and that's something i i talk to you know people that talk about my story and, and, and study reboot imagine is one of the first memories that i had and, and i can it's how do i make life a video game that's always was something that i i genuinely it's weird. Like, I feel like I was born for that. It's uh, my very favorite cartoon show, which is, you'll see the connection with the company. It's a 1990 CGI show called Reboot. It was a Canadian-based <laughs> uh, CGI animated show that it was a, they were video game avatars that were fully aware that they were in this virtual world. And there was a thing called the mainframe, which was essentially unvariable experiences that were brought into the world by the user of video game. So if they don't beat the mainframe, that their world is going to end. So every time that the game or the, 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 the experience is being brought in, they have to beat the game and the mission in order to save their world. So it happens every episode. There's a new game. <laughs> That's and, pretty cool. Yeah, and this was the first time we're talking about 1994. This was, I think, the one I would say one of the first uh, CGI shows. I'm almost certain of that. And they were talking about the concept of what we now know as the metaverse, right? They were yeah. they were fully aware that they were connected to a higher consciousness called the user, and they were feeling experiences, and they were all about it. And and they they were talking about like really deep, you know, philosophy that I as a kid didn't understand. And now I take for granted because I was like, once again, we don't realize that games and the things that we love are teaching us subliminally, right? Yeah. They 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 were talking about the concept of finding value in what you provide on a unified level, not on a singular level level, right? Because everything, you know, um is connected in some way, shape, or form, especially through digital experiences, right? That was something that I uh I don't know. It, it turned me into a futurist, right? A lot of people think that technology and VR and arcades, um, that they died because of the ability of something better. But in reality, it's that arcades were just a, like, I guess the first step of us getting back to arcades from a stronger, better position, right? Because arcades died because the internet introduced the ability for people to connect not just to your local group, but to the worldwide group, right? And yeah. so how did our, how are arcades surviving now? They brought the same concept 
to arcades, right? Now, Asphalt, which is a well-known you know, racing game, has, you know, leaderboards from around the world. So now I actually know people who literally are talking to friends in other locations and they're racing, right? Uh, a lot of arcade owners uh, have started building scenes. <clears throat> where they're connecting <laughs> to other arcades and it's like, oh man, this is nice. land party 2.0, man. Yeah, like, that's awesome. You have a Demio shirt, right? Think about when Demio starts hitting arcades on like straight up smart tables with now you have glasses and now you're paired to people from around the world at your local place. So you, you know, you got Wookie here, but then you got two other people from, you know, other regions from around the world playing with you guys yeah. in real time. Right. And you're on a physical space setting, right? Yep. That's, spatial anchoring, things that just didn't exist before. So now all of that technology is being brought back. Like arcades are going to become the new retail, the Radio Shack, honestly. That's what I, yeah. I think a lot about. Arcades are the new Radio Shack. Our Radio Shack was the, or Best Buy. A lot of people went to Best Buy then to buy their products on Amazon. But that's really what's about to happen with arcades all over again. It's it's the first place that we experience new technology, new entertainment, and the people that are taking on that mission to build arcades are fully aware of that now. Yeah, and I kind of had that, a similar thought with, you know, again, with the Quest 3, with the MR ability and, um, you know, just whether it's Demio or like um, 4V pool, like that you can literally sink a table and walk around it. And like, I'm like, oh my God, this would kill in an arcade because most people, <laughs> what hurts VR is they don't have space. Like in my gaming room, I put that big pool table up. I can walk around it, but I run into shit all the time. Like, <laughs> Or I step <laughs> on my cat, you know? So if... Again, if an arcade, you know, builds on that and you have a space and people can come and, you know, it's right back to where it was. And I that really like excites me like big time. Oh, and, that's crazy. And think about the and the best part about it is that the advancements that are that are going to benefit that. Right. Because the, the arcades are meant not to make current technology accessible but to introduce you to what's coming next. Yeah. That's the job in arcade. A lot of people forget that. You know, for example, Mortal Kombat, a, a franchise that I deeply care about, you could not play the real Mortal Kombat experience. And I'm and I will argue to to I will that's something that I, I will take to arms for is <laughs> the Super Nintendo, which was considered the, the closest parody to the arcade system. Absolutely not. Just absolutely not. The, the arcade CRT was hitting 120 frames on a arcade cabinet. The Super Nintendo could never, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and those realities, you know, um, that led to the beginnings of the arcade fighting community scene, right? That people mm -hmm. don't, don't often don't realize that's where arcade, you know, fighting sticks came from on modded arcade cabinets. You couldn't just go like, now you can 3D print them and get them online anywhere. But that's what you did to build an arcade fighting stick back then, right? Spooky, who's a oh somebody who I dearly uh, uh, consider a, a good uh, um, inspiration to me, and I know him in New York, right? At Evo, <laughs> like this guy, I remember being 12, 13 years old, and me seeing him hosting fighting events in Central Park, and with a bunch of people just and, I, and you know it was never my scene to to be honest. I'm not a a big uh, fighting games person like that, but. Being able to see those movements and then call every visit, I was like, oh, man, I'm such an idiot. I should have been more involved in that scene. Now this guy's running Evo. What? You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, um, yeah, man, it's to be a tinker is 
it's the, the, honestly the only way to see the future. Um, history is so cyclical that it's not even funny sometimes. It's like yeah. we, we're. <laughs> it's like I, I I don't know about you guys, but it definitely makes me question uh, this RPG that we call life uh, quite <laughs> <Yeah>. a bit. <laughs> Especially now that what we're seeing, right? It's, this is 1989 all over again, right? We're gonna have a Y2K scare in, in a few <laughs> years. We're gonna have, you know, it's AI. now they call it AI, right? What yeah. happens when technology takes over? Blah blah blah. And oh no, the the realities of you know what happens when people are now spending their times in the digital world all the time you know that but when you look at the lens of the past these are the same conversations that people had about yeah. the internet about cell phones about violent video games about art poetry access to to even libraries you know what <laughs> i mean were considered a threat back back then and, and and funny enough all of those conversations are coming back again and and it's like that's just uh I think that that we love resetting our human mind. And the cool thing about it is that we love keeping what we love the most. And, and we're just going to build up top of it, right? That's 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 truly um what drives me, like honestly, <laughs> like anything else. Yeah, so you have the arcade. Um could you yeah. Just describe kind of what Reboot Imagine is about. Yeah. Them. So Reboot Imagine is the ability, what I like to call it, hand-holding at scale, right? So think about all of the pillars of confidence that is required to build an arcade or to build a enterprise environment that uses VR, right? It's much more than just procuring the headsets and finding a partner of software. It's keeping all of that hardware and operations uptime always. Right. Um, we're, we're talking, as I mentioned, we're now disrupted again where people are fighting for quarters. What happens if your headsets are down for an hour? Right. That's sometimes depending on the arcade, that's hundreds of dollars wasted. Mm -hmm. Right. And and also clients, uh, depending in the regions, I'm in Florida, I'm in Miami. So the, 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 the patrons and the clients are fully aware that the client's always right here. Right. So if a <laughs> arcade system is down, they'll get their money back, even if they were not intending to playing that game. And I've seen it. They go, oh, yeah, I see that your cabinet is down. That experience is that, that, that. I want my money back. Right. And that's something that a lot of people never take for granted in arcades. Right. It, uh, it's something that I've seen for people that want to do a VR arcade. They go like, oh, I can launch a game on steam and, and call it a day and wait 10 minutes but what happens if that op that player has never tried vr before what happens if they have you know uh, sensibilities that you're not aware of right and now you have to account for that in real time but also you have a line of people that are trying to buy tickets for other things there's so many verticals that quite yep. frankly you need confidence factors right so I come from the traditional ITSM background, which is I did IT work for enterprise, uh, worked at you know insurance companies and all that stuff. And around 2014, when VR started happening, I started realizing that there will be a time where companies, arcades, will be looking at these technologies and buying them at mass scale, right? They're not going to be buying just one headset. They're going to be buying one for all of their employees and their operators and as I mentioned, I want to make life a video game, right? So I, I'm thinking about my company, my employees. How do I get them to be reliable and also feel free, but also ensure that the work is getting done, right? And, and it's and that's when I realized it's having those difficult conversations, right? How do you con connect with those people? And so I, it, it was just like a, you know, a connection that it, it sparked, and I started reboot imagine, right? So we we introduced the reboot remote, which is what traditional IT companies call managed service providing. Mm -hmm. um, and we just focus on spatial computing and XR. So uh, some people call us Geek Squad for the metaverse <laughs> or VR. 
um i i just call it reboot imagine <laughs> so that's that's what we do that's awesome it's it's i mean you kind of i think you won the game because you know finding something a you're passionate about which a lot of people don't <laughs> and then being able to do that to support yourself and all those working with you like that's that's yeah, quite survival. an achievement yeah. I, I, thank you. It, it's survival, honestly. A lot. Uh, um, one thing that uh, that I, you know, try my best to never take for granted is why I get into the things that I do. Right. I I don't come from a very financially wealthy background. I, you know, buying a Quest Three is is an investment still to this day. Right. And fortunately, mm -hmm. I was able to get it. But think about the cost behind that, and you have to learn. Um, how they repair them. You mentioned like, you know, what happens if, if a headset repair, you know, shout out to Quest to Repair. Uh, Quest to Repair is on survival mode. They, he realized that people are buying Quests at scale and he wanted to build a company and, and be more and, and started focusing on repairing Quest headsets and built a an amazing platform um, doing so. For Reboot Imagine, it was similar a, a similar trajectory, which is realizing that the, the we, we mentioned uh, life, um, when you look at how history is cyclical, we are going to see the the end or let's say a funneling of no more billionaires at the rate that we're seeing, <laughs> right? We <laughs> we went from like, I think they said that we went from like five to 10 billionaires and now we have like over a hundred. I genuinely don't think that they're going to continue letting the floodgates of billionaires uh, to be made to continue much longer. Um, but let me get mine first and then we can close that gate, yes, okay? Please. <laughs> exactly that's it that's exactly it i um i i started realizing if the gap is closing and i'm in survival mode i have to double triple quadruple on what i know what i believe in even if it means doing the work for free even if it means um devaluing the on the short uh, you know on the short term what we're doing because it, it builds the, the the conversation it builds the the candy with the medicine of what the industry looks like. And it will make it much harder for those that are trying to, let's say, um, hide the potentials of what we're building. It will be almost nearly impossible. And yeah, I, I see Reboot Imagine as generally my 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 get out get out of jail card, my my <laughs> my my ability to actually build something ethical and valuable, right? A lot of people I, I call it the the car salesman uh situation, right? Where if you go to a Toyota dealer, they're not going to sell you a Honda. <laughs> like they're a Toyota <laughs> dealer, right? So if you go to Meta and you say, hey, Meta, what's the best VR headset for location-based entertainment and enterprise operations? They're going to say the MetaQuest 3 or the MetaQuest Pro. The realities are that's not the right answer. They're just selling you, they're just telling you their flagship devices because that's their job. Right. They're not going to tell you, mm -hmm. oh, you're in location based entertainment. So make sure you buy a headset that has the warranties and the insurances for when somebody drops that headset and breaks, then you get a replacement immediately. Right. Meta doesn't <laughs> provide that. Right. That's HTC. That's enterprise solutions for hardware repair. Right. So how do you funnel? How do you get that information if the only people that are giving you that information are the vendors themselves? Right. That's uh. I mentioned Radio Shack. That's the reason Radio Shack became so prominent at the time that they did. It was, they blew up really at the era of the cell phone mobile revolution. When multiple cell phone companies started introducing cell phones and all of them wanted to differentiate themselves. And the question started being asked, what's the best option for me? 
right? And that's where Radio Shack started introducing all these amazing conversations. Like, oh, this is the best for this. This is the best for this. You should do this if you have this, right? That's consulting. But consulting should be also handled with ethics, right? When you look at the VR space, everybody <laughs> wants to be a consultant, but yet nobody has a neutral stance. They're sponsored by Meta. They're sponsored by this guy. They're sponsored by the vendors, right? So it's a, it's a very <laughs> difficult role that I'm navigating, right? But I'm so focused on the survival and the messaging that I know that amazing people like you guys will eventually realize, like, wait a minute, if I'm going to buy, you know, or, or start a company, I'm not going to trust the vendor. I should go to somebody that's on my side, on, on my corner, who's going to actually help me make the right investments for, you know, market or, or facilitation. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's an avalanche that I refuse to, <laughs> to, to be at the sidelines, man. It's like, it, it's, it's a snowball that I saw in 2014 from the DK one and I saw it and it's just now it's, it's such a huge avalanche that's about to just <laughs> cover the human conscious for a few years. And, and I'm, I'm really amped to be just hopefully uh, as involved in the conversation as I possibly can be. I'm glad to hear it. Cause they definitely need champions like that, that are around and, and preaching that because yeah. like you said, the, the ethics part, you know, we all know where that's at with many, <laughs> many, yeah. uh, pieces of VR and uh, MR and all that fun stuff. So um, yeah, that's, that's again, hats off to you for thank you, man. trying oh, to lead the charge, man. That's I commendable. It. And, thank you. <laughs> well, and it's a part of you guys, man, you guys give the platform, right? It's a, uh, it's hard to, to champion oneself all the time. Right. So I'm so grateful for platforms like you guys has created with VR Veridic because the, the truth is that, you know, we we need to highlight the misfits and, and the breakers and, and you know the punk rock right we, yes. we gotta be punk rock <laughs> now more than ever right a lot of people don't realize that the 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 problem with punk rock and this is a you know i i'm a hip-hop head i i'm more hip-hop than punk rock but i love punk rock <laughs> blink 182 uh bowling for soup you know that those were my bands growing up but um the problem with punk rock personally for me is that Punk rock celebrates acceptance of defeat at the end of the road. And that's something that people don't realize is that, you know, a lot of people, uh, uh, the, the famous saying is, you know, uh, you live long enough to become the villain, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at the, the punk rock leaders of our technology space of, of, of VR or technology, they they got defeated and gave up. Right. Yeah. And, and it's a difficult conversation. I, a lot of people don't like having it because it's, it hurts. It absolutely hurts, but yeah. it, you, if we have to have the difficult conversations once again, like Carmack abandoned the VR industry. Palmer Lucky was forced to abandon the VR industry. So who are the VR superheroes that we have, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's uh, a lot of people don't like accepting that, but it's the truth. It, it's like, hey, you know, we we need to become our own heroes. Like we need to, <laughs> we need to let people know Like right. That's, that's what, that's what created Carmack in the first place. Right. Him being a modder, being able to build the amazing, great things. And then meta came along, they needed more technical ability and they, they, they tapped his, his, his expertise. Right. And, and that's really where we're at now. It's like the, 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 the technical leaders are not leading. <laughs> They're just, are, are it's, 
it has to change, man. It just absolutely must change. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Muggy? Yeah. Remember, a while back, maybe. Oh, that's fine. We've, we've progre <laughs> progressed. <laughs> Sorry. Cat's on me, clawing my foot. Hey, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> say, hey, Jerry. Get off my foot. So, um, I'm kind of curious, personally, like, um, because when we entered the podcast space for VR, because we had a previous podcast that was like a five or six years long, um, the F Reality podcast was the only other podcast in town. And I know there was, you know, different group back then, and well, half the group's still there, and then now you and Adam are on there. So how how did that come to be? I <laughs> I, I was so excited, I because. You and Adam, like Adam is so amazing. She's been on a couple times, like mm -hmm. just awesome. So when oh, you guys popped up with um the old, you know, two of the old crew, I'm like, what the hell is this? And I was really excited. And it's been really fun to listen to and watch. Oh, so how that how how did that happen? <laughs> oh man, shout out to Zim. Uh Zim and Rowdy. Um they gave me the chance. They they started noticing very quickly what I was looking to do. Um, and I remember, oh man, it's like a blur, like a year ago now, two years, a year and a half. But I remember getting the DM from Zim and said, Hey, um, Karam Malachi uh, Sanchez, who runs the VR Toronto, um, incredible soul. He, you know, somebody that I was talking to, telling them about my aspirations. Um, he recommended me to Zim and Zim just sent me a, a, a very gracious DM said, Hey, you know, paying attention to the stuff that we're doing. And, you know, we have a, a podcast called F reality and, and, and he was not shy about it. It's we want to disrupt the format of how a VR panel looks like. Right. And at that time I thought that, you know, as me being a minority leader, and as I said, not afraid of having the conversation, I was like, perfect. They're giving a minority a, a platform. This is great. This is how, you know, but it, it was much more than that. It absolutely was much more than that because I, at that moment, I didn't know that Adam, um, Adam Bombadi would be part of the panel. And when I, you know, when we had the, the first full uh, podcast test as a, as a crew, um, having Adam there, it was just like, oh man, Zim really meant what he was actually going to do, right? It's much more than just, you know, playing the token card or, or any of that sort. He wanted to make sure that Candy with the medicine, right? He knew that he was going to be putting unexpected faces on the platform and he wanted to make sure that the expectations were met and if not, you know, exceeded. And that was for me, one of the, the best opportunities to enter the the mainstream um vr community and it's something that i am still grateful to this day and and, and I, I hope that as long as they need me uh, uh to be a part of the f reality podcast crew for as long as i can be and that dude's for real because um when we first got going um you know i'd re i release youtube videos here like i'm not um a content creator i'm not a youtuber yeah. but i remember like one of i I'm bad with names. I forget names very easily. Uh, but one of my earliest videos, I think it was, oh, I think it was Ragnarok. So it wasn't too super long ago, but like he, he commented on my video and I knew who he was because I've listened to the podcast since we started. Um, and I was like, like he's checking things out on a very tiny level because, yes. you know, 
he loves this industry he does oh, and you can show it yeah. and ever since then he'll everyone now and then randomly either it's a tweet or a comment on like a video i do he's he's there and i'm like yeah. it just throws me off guard i'm like jesus <laughs> <laughs> he, he you know it's when you love the the industry that loves you back you know, it, 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 you you get anxious, <laughs> you get paranoid, you get a little voice in your head that just tells you to love it more, love it harder. You know, um, Zim, I, it, the, the absolute appreciation that the community has for him and Rowdy and Adam um, and showing for me too, I, I, I must not complain. It's something that um, it's difficult to take for granted. It's so difficult. You mentioned it, right? That that comment, the, the it, it's so importantly valuable because we're so aware that this is an emerging and growing industry we, we're not seeing the mainstream numbers yet and we will right and unfortunately for for us three right in the in the in the, in the call you know we're going to be the the unfortunately the bitter disgruntled jealous ones because you know it's going to be the 12 year olds and the and, and the younger <laughs> are going to be really you know enjoying and benefiting from all of the things that we're building towards but those little glimpses of like the comments from Zim, it's like a good, like uh, me being a futurist, it's a glimpse of 10 years from now, right? At at scale, right? You're going to be seeing similar messages from the entire industry. And it's yeah. it, it's so it's so incredible, right? Because even for you, PJ and Wookie, like the, the realities are that you guys have built, you know, voices for yourselves too. Like I, everybody in the industry knows VR Veridict, right? It's a, it's a small industry. It, it's so industry. It's so interesting how, we don't realize how small <laughs> this space is, yeah. but we're going to we're, we're once all of the yeah the floodgates open and you know the the cup of water fills up we're we're all rising to the top you know even through association and, and through and through just straight enjoying this space right like think about it like I, I sometimes think about that quite a bit is think of content creators like Adam right or or even Zim or. Or even me, you know, knock on wood, is like one of us a statistic is going to become a multi-billionaire, and we're going to take, you know, it's like jet fuel into the fire of this industry, right? It happened with Palmer, and it's going to happen, you know, once again with somebody else, and everybody's going to benefit from that, and you know, um, yeah, that's that's really where I'm at. Yeah, it's, and we've talked about this before, but like this community is pretty. I've never experienced anything like it. Um, like we started just by, you know, we had a different podcast, like I said, and then Wookie and I did a VR episode and it like went off the charts compared to our other episodes, which were fine. But so like, Hey, there's something there. We're both getting into mm -hmm. this. Let's talk about it. And then it was just Wookie and I, who are brothers and we don't talk a lot. So we're like, we got to do something different. Cause I, you know, if I listen to it, I'm like, I don't enjoy this but I don't like to hear myself talk anyway. Um, <laughs> I know exactly we, what you mean. I'm the same way. <laughs> so we just started reaching out to people and I've never had a single person say no. I had one person out of the over a hundred now. He's, they just said, um, well, what, what numbers do you pull? And I told him oh, and man. he never, he never got back to us. I'm like, okay, fuck off. That, <laughs> other than that one thing, like out of hundreds, like, Everyone's like, yeah, we'd fucking love to talk. And we've been on hiatus for like four months or more. And almost daily, I get people like, hey, I want to talk. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. hey, well, the weirdest thing is, again, I, 
uh, PJ's way more into the space. I'm I'm passionate about it, but I'm busy and PJ's making all these connections. The weirdest thing is I was like, one day I was like, oh, all right, I should get on Twitter and just, you know, try to like things and retweet the people that I respect and all that stuff. And like the second person to follow me is Tommy Palms, which is the CEO of Resolution Games Resolution. because we played DMO with him when he was launching that stuff. And I have like, apparently his dream car i own it like <laughs> it's a that. swedish car and you know i missed the first episode when we talked to him i was actually down buying the car and pj's like all i want to do is talk about the car and i'm like what about <laughs> vr he's like well no we didn't he just want to talk about the car yeah um but we i mean we've played demo with him and a, and a couple folks from his company and it's just oh, like man. i didn't see that one coming pj's yeah. just been really good about networking and yeah i haven't the done small anything space. special <laughs> I, just asking people like the you know it's maker, great yeah i but love that the bridge maker <laughs> yeah but it's it's the the community yeah i mean you could ask other communities you get the AAA games makers and they just they wouldn't even ask what oh, what no. numbers you pulled they would just be like here's a middle finger <laughs> yeah literally we even reply <laughs> yeah you get lucky think, if you get the finger <laughs> yeah seriously i think it has to do a lot with the the what makes one love vr right there's so many you know vr is probably the best forefront of a virtualization of human connection unlike anything we've ever seen right we're we're about to get and i, I mean I'm, I'm already dabbling with it but now we have the ability to have you know cloud remote rendering while using <laughs> eye tracking and and, yeah. and uh, lex freeman had an interview with mark zuckerberg and they showcased the technology where you can actually have a face-to-face -face virtual conversation and still get the human connection and and all of the 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 sensations that you feel when you're having a deep uh meaningful uh personal conversation you get to do that now from a virtual space right people that do vr or have fallen in love with it are most of the time internet natives right they they're 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 embedded with the technology they use all of these tools so when they use vr they're already applying all of that into the virtual connection and it's just it, it locks in it, it's it's as close as making a friend at you know at, at the at your your favorite community forum or, or something of that form it's it's the closest thing as making friends in you know a, a backyard or in a school mm -hmm. right it, it's it, it, it's really and part of that like to me like i know like some people like you mentioned earlier like you know technology is evil this is going to happen this is going to happen <laughs> but to me again wokey and i are brothers he's been i live up in wisconsin he lives down in the carolinas on since the pandemic still we haven't we used to like every year visit each other and stuff we haven't done that since so like when you can pop a headset on be in a movie theater be in the same room be in a game um it makes a difference yeah just with an avatar like Wookie's picture here like because yeah. he looks very similar to that <laughs> um seeing that in vr and reacting like you i feel like i've got this i hung out with my brother yeah and when you're talking about um you know when the more face-to-face -face oh, type it, stuff like, and it's coming and it's coming yeah. fast right um <laughs> that's that's for me why i keep telling people the quest pro the quest pro the quest pro don't pay attention to the mainstream the quest pro has eye tracking when you you know when all of these amazing tools start really you know honing in the human connection 
the, the the eye contact is going to change things unlike anything right because that's going to introduce depth sensing in a virtual space so the the weird the, the the weird feeling when you're getting close to somebody physically that you feel like a physical vibration when you're about to hug somebody you, all of those weird intricacies are going to be virtualized and you you will feel as you're talking to your brother in the same room and i can say that as somebody who uses vr and have been shown these demos behind the scenes they're so deeply profound that i still have not been able to shed off the emotional weight of how beautiful the a, a virtual re, a real virtual connection that's weird saying that real <laughs> virtual connection it, it, it's um it's something that i can't wait to help to bring to arcades and to you know the 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 the, the, the these kind of platforms and talk about it with, with you guys right because it's it is important um connection now is going to be probably the most lucrative thing uh, as i mentioned the 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 gates of becoming a billionaire are going to disappear because everybody's just going to have everything they want and be happy and not complain so in a world like that although it sounds scary because a lot of people talk about it and it sounds dystopian the realities are we're going to have more time to find ways to self value ourselves not just based on what we provide but how we connect how we talk, how we build communities, right? That's the new companies. When everybody has, you know, universal basic income and everybody's making money and then nobody really has an incentive to work anymore because everybody's getting enough to pay their rent and, and have a basic job or not needing to work at all. Communities are going to be the way that people start going like, what happens if we funnel all our universal basic incomes towards this direction? right? Community-based growth is the new companies. Everybody's going to be, you know, literally, we're, we're entering the era of, uh, I don't know if you guys are into anime, but there's this anime called My Hero Academia that all of the kids have superpowers. They call quirks. And they, every single person in this world, there's some, a few of them that don't, but that's the era that we're going to enter. Um, uh, Ronnie Abovitz of Magic Leap says, we're, uh, he calls it the Harry Potter and Avengers world <laughs> in, in, in real time. But it's true. Everybody's going to have superpowers because, it, I mean, I was talking about it earlier on Twitter, on the podcast, like, you may announce the AI pin, right? And a lot of people talk about it like it's a silly thing, but it's like, wait a minute. I have, I honestly, I have not touched my iPhone in like three days. <laughs> right? I haven't. I, I don't use apps anymore the way that I used to. Um, everything that I look up online, it has a web app, right? So, and most of those things can now be automated if you have a really good AI system. So why have a cell phone when you can use that pocket real estate to maybe have a pocketable VR headset and now you have a portable computer that does everything and now you have a little AI pin to you know, do your basic, hey, can you read this email for me? Can you navigate me? Blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, the smartwatch, right? That's the new side. That's, that's becoming, you know, an a, a, a Android, right? That That's a, a, as close as we can get to, to becoming, you know, robotic humans. So it, it's... Um... It's kind of where the four-year-old PJ was like, someday I want a fucking R2-D2 unit. And that's <laughs> kind of where we're at. <laughs> Didn't didn't did you see the the one that they introduced for uh, I think it was Force Awakens the the BB-8 robot? 
mm-hmm. that has like a full yeah. gyroscope accelerometer. It's like Falls five grand. Around. Yeah, yeah, but that's a full-on spatial robot. I actually know somebody that put an actual the the new gen Roomba system on it, and now mm. you know it, it, they're using it because it has the 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 Roomba AI has like the motion detectors for the walls and it has angular height distancing, so now it can go up ladders and, and stuff like that, right? So, <laughs> oh, dude, it, it's. It's nuts, right? They also have the Ivo robot at Sony, right? Which is a straight up dog that thanks to it's it's almost been on in the market now for like 10 years. And thanks to the advancements in AI in the last two years, like if you look at videos of Ivo, the robotic dog from when it released and today, it, it acts like a real dog. It's 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 so wild that you know these these technologies are only going to get they're just going to keep going and going and going uh, to the point as you said you're going to have your own personal r2d2 you know assistant that you know will also serve as a bodyguard for you so <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome stuff i am like nuts <laughs> <laughs> and that's you know selfishly you know i mean i'm mid 40s right now um it's like and we've seen this on a couple of different shows here and there, but it's like, I just want to make it until I can put my consciousness in in the cloud and oh, remain there, you know. We're almost <laughs> the, there, man. The way just... shit's going, it's just like, like, just like the AI stuff, like it's going so freaking quick. Like yeah. my wife and I just watched, I don't remember the name of it, but it's a show that like kind of goes between from like the fifties to now and back and forth through time. And it's just like dark. Well, a little bit, but you don't realize like from 1950 to night. And I'm, you know, people have said this, but like 1950, 1980, like how much shit has changed? No, I think it was the show dark. No, that I know. Cause that was going back to the fifties and stuff too. Yeah. That's a good show. This is a different one. It's like a, um crime show but um yeah and then it's just like the last three years like it's like tripled or even probably more of the speed of that it's just like how the hell <laughs> inspiration um yeah. inspiration 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 that's I, I truly believe that's how you get things things to um have momentum is to inspire it's to I, I forgot how the how the saying goes but it's the dreamers are inspired by the dreamers inspiration right so it, it's it, it always keeps cycling um we we tend to build what we imagine and that's exactly what what has happened in the last three years i think that um we're now reaching the point because just like just like yourself i also have been looking forward to back up my consciousness and being able to you know take my eyes and my sensory skills beyond what a physical human body can 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 experience and see right like i'm i'm ready to you know shoot you know shoot my consciousness into a, in a rocket to to a black hole I'll, i want to see it all right um <laughs> at least one copy at least one copy exactly <laughs> and that's the that's the the cool thing is that we are starting to have those conversations um a, 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 you mentioned a show that stitches the past in the future so well um this is something that i and and, and this is a a thought experiment that I give myself all the time is think of your actual, let's say first grade classroom, name every single student in that classroom, including the teacher. And you're going to have a really difficult time. You might be able to maybe remember two names, right? Not me. And <laughs> oh, well, that's even worse. well, hopefully you remember at least a teacher or at least a face, right? But 
What happens when an AI system has asks you, hey, PJ, what are the two students' names? And now it knows two names. And now that AI system is also doing that at scale to everybody around the world. And eventually that AI system will go like, wait a minute, what two names did you say again? And then those two names get stood up to those two names. And all of, sudden, all of a sudden, your entire classroom just got reconstructed. And all of the memories of every single person in that classroom gets reconstructed. And now those memories, they start remembering, you know, what was on that poster, what was on that wall, what was the color of that day. And these systems that are, you know, working at a very intense rate are going to be stitching up reality in such a way that we are not going to require backing up our consciousness. There's a whole full-blown digital version of you that just, just shows up like, oh, hi, I'm you. And I carry all the memories about you. Even the ones you think that you don't remember or do, you know what I mean? And that's going to become our personal assistance at scale. It's like, hey, what did I say next week? Hey, you know me better than anyone. How should I respond to this, right? That's... um. That's how you're going to back up your consciousness. It's not going to be, I mean, for now, maybe we'll, we'll be able to, but the fact that we're getting to a feasible way of reconstructing, you know, the human experience, the the, the consciousness, it's only, <laughs> once that gets done, like you mentioned, maybe three years from there that we are able to back up the the actual biology of our, of our brain matter. Now you just no. blew my mind. <laughs> now, to put an interesting spin on that topic, too, my girlfriend's yeah. really big into um, astrophysics and all sorts of stuff. So she's sitting here talking to me about the same thing because, you know, she had it calculated when we were probably going to get the uh, singularity of us going into the machines. And then that, uh, what's that show with that Sheldon guy? Oh, Big no, Bang Theory. Yeah. And he was like going crazy on a whiteboard or something in the background. And he's like 50 years. And she's like, well, that's exactly when I thought now it's accelerated because AI yeah. is faster. Yeah. But like, she's like somebody in that show is doing the math because she yeah. had the same values. Yes. The Big Bang Theory, actually, their calculations on their yeah. on their boards are actually real. It's yeah. Real it's like, yeah, she's like, somebody's doing some math. There. I'm like, that sounds good to me. But uh, <laughs> yeah. she was like, no, here, here's the the thing, though, kind of like, you know, the Star Trek teleporting. Is it is it killing you and your your copies living on yeah. when you do the singularity and you upload yourself? You're still going to probably be here and the singularity is probably going to kill you. Yeah. So like you don't get to live forever. A copy of you does. A so copy it's like. Of you. You, the selfish us in our body is going to be like, oh, that one gets to go off and live in the universe. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm still here. So I don't think it's going to be the paradise, but it will be paradise for the other copy of you. Exactly. And I think that, you know, it's boom. This is where it gets. <laughs> yeah. It, honestly, I, I'm glad you, hey, you're, you're, if you're having those conversations, I'm ready to have them with you. You know, um, I should get the girlfriend on the line because, yeah, she's, <laughs> I love she's this conversation. Closer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the truth is that, maybe that's what's already happening to us yeah. right a lot a lot a lot i'm a, of the big believer that you know a lot of people talk about if this is a simulation theory which i truly believe mm -hmm. we are in one then the math, i she's leading up on that she's like actually the math points to like it can't not be a simulation it cannot i'm be, like right? it, it, i'm trying to eat my fucking fruit loops here <laughs> you know <laughs> you know for me for me the the big bang is what what I, what I compare the big bang to is the the every time i think of the big bang explosion that, mm -hmm. that you know that everybody talks about. You know what I imagine? I imagine it's... the American Megatrends bio screen boot up process. 
Like, remember like old school computers when you see like the, the bio screen shows you how much RAM. Yep. Like, that's what I imagine the Big Bang explosion to look like. Which um, version? Because like mine is like, I mine is still like a 2016 American Mega Trends when I boot up the go. computer that I'm on you right now. You still see that? Like, well, I mean, yeah. they haven't abandoned it. So there you go. You, 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 but there yeah. it is. That's what I really imagine what the what the Big Bang explosion looked like. It's nothing but a computer booting up, and then you're just stuck in the DOS screen, and whoever was on the other side of the terminal went like, okay, how do you build a perfect sandbox, right? Then you build mm -hmm. first the variables, and then a way to create a three-dimensional space, and before the three-dimensional space, then you create limitations. But what inspires you to build a computer or let's say an AI system, it's to learn something, right? So that's where I'm at when it comes to simulation theories. Like I've already accepted that we're in a simulation. But so, she's already like doing stuff like, oh, it's probably humans from us from the future that forgot their past. So they're setting up a simulation of like, you know, what we would do to the Egyptians yes. and like, what are they going to, how are they going to figure it out? What are they doing? What are they doing? And then yeah, and you can't get learn. involved and you can't be involved right. because then you're, you're poisoning the data. You can only watch. Mm -hmm. You must ensure that nobody is fully aware of it. So you got to keep updating the. And the, as soon as the, we the are available. aware of it, then it gets shut down. So all these people wanting to know the aliens and all this stuff. Yeah. She's all <laughs> yeah. on top of that. Oh yeah. And then like, and a, yeah. 10 years ago, ish, maybe a little sooner than that. I was working on uh, uh, sooner than that. I was working on some procedural generation stuff, and I was like, I got to chunk this so only the stuff near to the player is actually rendered. And she like came online, like you know, you can't see the, <laughs> me talking yep. with my body. But it was like, Ugh. she's like, wait, what did you just say? Because she's thinking about this stuff. She's like, oh yeah, that's where the tree doesn't make a noise, and like yeah, she's like everything you know. And there's no even there's no tree even rendered. <laughs> yeah, it's not rendered yet. Yeah, there, there could be a dice roll saying the tree fell over, and you're gonna walk up, and it's just gonna spawn in, and it's already fallen over, but it never actually fell over, but it's already fallen over, and that's what we talk about on car rides. <laughs> I, love that. I that's and I I need to join a car ride with you guys, but that that's it. Unfortunately for me, that's like my mind with like that's you know the the problem with being a futurist that that sees all this stuff and wants to be desperately a part of the conversation is that like those conversations never stop in one's head. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it's um it makes me, you know, the the cool thing about simulation theory personally for me is that it profoundly no matter which you know, for me, it's three realities of simulation. Either we're being used as what you mentioned to experience and learn. Either we're used as a collective variable to maybe as a battery mm -hmm. or our singular existence creates enough variables to keep the system moving where, you know, memory. Mm -hmm. um, all three of them high puts one thing at the top of it all, and it's the human experience. Yeah. So... What other, you know, let's say religion or philosophy tells you to live no matter what, right? There's 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 ideologies that teach you to be to live for being kind, to live for this way. Mm -hmm. No, like stimulation theory just tells you to live for you, right? It's the Experience. it's the purest, it's the purest form of of beneficial selfishness there is, <laughs> right? Because it's, it tells you, hey, if you hone in your skills, everybody benefits from this, right? And it's a, it's a, it's something that a lot of ideologies are having so much difficulty of like expressing because it's like, oh yeah, be good, but just don't be that good. Also, don't <laughs> don't be arrogant, even though 
you're not being arrogant. You're just uplifting, you know, everybody for the benefit of all of us to be raised up. You know what I mean? That's that's the job of a superhero, right? <laughs> and to 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 end the, this 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 thought process, it's that's what I love about what's happening now with VR and AI and all these advancements. It's that everything now has become accessible. So the how do you elevate yourself when everybody is now in the primordial soup of access? Superheroes that's, have to rise up. It's that's, engineers. And yeah. that's that's that kind of stuff. I don't know if it's like the Star Trek equation, how they, you know, live in the future or whatever, yes. but that's where we get back to like the master and apprentice stuff that we've gone yes. away from. So if like somebody's like, you know what, everything's taken care of, like you said, if we get to that point and everyone's at the same level and then nobody can set themselves apart, well, then you focus on a human skill and go be the best sculptor you can find. Oh, man. You know, something I, like that. So, Dude, I, oh, man, you just gave me goosebumps. I, <laughs> I can't wait for two years from now when you open up YouTube and you're going to be like, how to become a millionaire in a week. And you're going to see this guy's like, what's up, you guys? I'm going to teach you how to make a million in about a month. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go to a trade school and you're going to become something called a plumber. And this is what a plumber does. And and we're going to be like, whoa, what? You know what I mean? Like basic skills are back, right? And, 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 and human connections are back. The human values are back. And then now we're going to start seeing is the, the, the people that are pushing that line forward, right? The scientists, the engineers, the tinkers, it's punk rock all over again, right? No, Apple, I will not be okay with just using your hardware at this level. I want more, right? It, it's, uh, we're back to being greedy, to be ambitious, to want to, no, we don't, like, people are going to start talking about, you know, Mars, we haven't even touched Mars yet, and people are still talking about what's next, right? It, it, it's, it's, uh, a. I, I love it. It's um, I'm here for it, man. Like, I'm not uh, a big fan of Mars. Again, girlfriends probably, you know, run the numbers and told me them. I don't know, but I'm like, I just want my asteroid base. <laughs> I don't care about Mars. I just want my thing where I can like, well, I don't like this spot. I'm gonna scooch it over here with the, you know, the big boosters. Same. That's a lot. I, I, I'm, I'm all. To be honest with you, like, I, I want satellites. <laughs> <laughs> like that's something that I, you know, if I were to, you know, have those crazy conversations, like I love the idea of owning, you know, fleets of satellites and and building a, a decentralized real internet, right? Starlink got so close to it, but then they, mm -hmm. you know, they they turn into a, a, a military yeah. Trojan horse, right? Um, I I always think about this, like man, like Starlink could have easily have built, you know, the next gen global internet, but. The problem with, with that yeah, is, that, and I think that's what happened, is that the world does not want to connect just yet, yeah. right? And, and, and the reason for that is, is because we're being told it doesn't, right? So somebody's going to have to start, yeah, when the human connections start being the, the focus, you're going to start seeing people with like-minded, you know, interests and, and ideologies kind of slowly find each other and... I, I think that's what's going to build the internet, right? That's what built, you know, even Facebook, all of these, all of these platforms and networks were built because of a way that people just wanted to connect, right? Yeah. So when all of these companies, all of these, you know, or, or geopolitical barriers or, or, or whatever starts really trying to say, you, you guys shouldn't talk over there, you know, like, like, like keep, keep, keep yourselves over there. It's the connections are going to become so valuable. I, I can't wait for, you know, yeah. Like, um, 
for me it was IRC. You know, you, you guys mm -hmm. probably remember IRC, right? IRC yep. was like the, <laughs> the that's really where where you got, you actually accessed the internet back then, right? That's where <laughs> yeah, you got it. news stories from IRC was nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and it's because you know there there was it was easier to censor back then, right? And IRC was a, a great way of of building it, and and I think that that's what's going to happen all over again. It's that we're going to have so much access now that people are going to realize, wait a minute, this thing that we're being given to connect is a it's not the real connection that I'm looking to get, right? It's a guided connection, and 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 yeah, yeah we're going to start seeking better ways to connect. Going back to Starlink, though. PJ, yeah. have you seen Starlink in the sky? Have I seen it? Yeah. Like the low rate link. Like yeah. looking no. up at the night sky. You might well, see it when you're on you're in your walks, but you'd know it because it's like literally a string of tinsel, just a mm -hmm. string of lights moving in unison. Just, yeah. And it kind of looks like if you look at a fast uh like a time lapse of, you know, like the galaxy or you know, the Milky Way or whatever, just kind of scooting through the sky. It behaves like that, like it's it's yeah. part of another layer outside of our, you know, uh, stratosphere. And it's just this line of dots, just just like it looks like a rip in the sky, like something just made something weird happen. Yeah. And when you see it, you're going to crash your car because I almost did. Like, what the <laughs> yeah. hell well, is that? I'll have it's... to look for it tomorrow morning when I get out there in the dark. Oh, and... they're so fun. There's no telling where you'll just like look up and it's like a perfect perforated line of lights in the sky just way up there going like scooting. Yeah. across it's it's it is mind-blowing it's yeah. kind of freaky kind of like there's yeah. so much junk up in my sky like in like in uh, firefly when they're like it's getting awful crowded in my sky i honestly <laughs> think about that quite a bit too it's like what's going to happen you know when yeah solar storms because we are very you know start really mm. you know uh are getting in and start disrupting all these satellites or, or they start crashing into each other you know, that's something that I, that I, you know, I mentioned Metal Gear Solid um, <laughs> as, a, as an inspiration for me, but it's because I, I genuinely fear, you know, advanced warfare. <laughs> I, yeah. I truly do. I, I, it's something I, I genuinely love to be scared of, um, right? Uh, there's a, there's a funny uh, hard drive.net um um parody article and I, for, the headline goes guy abandons all his anti-military biases for gundam you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> to be yeah, honest I get that. yeah i truly am of, of, of that mind because <laughs> i i, I want to see what you know what all of these advancements in ai and robotics and and virtual you know unfortunately they are being used now in, in military and I'm, and it's kind of scary because like oh man like I, I talk a lot about making life video games that like there's people that are doing the same thing for military. Like they're like, they're really looking at Call of Duty and they're like, yeah, I want that. I want that. I yeah. want that. You know what I mean? It and happens. It's, yeah. yeah. Like there's the whole star Wars project. Like, Hey, we saw it. Why can't we do it? And it's like, I'm sure the engineers are like, ah, budget. Yeah. budget. <laughs> exactly. Like, you got the right money. We can make it happen. Yeah. The plasma yeah. lightsaber. Like, yeah, dude, like it's, it, it's crazy how, we are now at a place where, yeah, it's really uh, going back to what Ronnie said: <laughs> Avengers and Harry Potter, yeah. <laughs> everywhere we go. And it's um, even though I, like, like I said, I, I love the idea of it all. It's quite scary to it, it, um, because well, everybody's going to not, everybody's going to not benefit from it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. yeah well, there's yeah. there's multiple facets and ways to do this. So, like, is that twenty years ago already? Almost nineteen years ago or so. 
um, I was involved in building some robots at a factory. So I haven't really always been really great at like the physical tinkering, like what you're doing, like getting there in the guts. Like I could probably do it and I've soldered stuff and figured it out, but I'm more in like the design phase. So we had a problem and it's just like a car parts factory. And uh, I'm like, well, if we do this, two conveyor belts with teeth at this space, it can stock up a thousand parts. We don't really need third shift of people. And the guy in the you know maintenance crew that was doing the potentiometers and the motors and stuff, he was like, you think that'll work? I'm like, all we got is time, baby. So we did it and it worked. <laughs> I love that. And unfortunately, it we did lose the whole third shift of people, but they were given opportunities elsewhere. And they just yeah. wanted the third shift and didn't care about working. Yeah. Like we're like, you go over here and you still have a job. They're like, no, we missed this. So, so they like a couple of uh, incidents. They tried to like, you know, kill my girlfriend with a couple of things like accidents at the factory. They were threatening to slash my tires and stuff. But it's also like, the the job we replaced is not a job that a human should have been should never doing. do exactly it was uh parts for like the console of a jeep that were printed you know the lithographed metal and they were grabbing them off a hook coming by and then putting them on another hook or something so we just had a robot squeeze it with air put a put like they came over faster than we needed them so we just stocked up a thousand parts and then we pulled those thousand parts off and like kept the line going and i was like hey look at that my idea worked yeah, so i love that I think people getting back to the physical stuff is so neat because I just saw a video where like some guys that like to make random weapons or whatever, like engineer stuff, somebody handed him like a little survival axe. It's like like a pipe, um, like three hand links long and you like you smack it and this little axe blade like snaps out and they're like, oh, hey, we can make a bigger one. So they made yes. the battle axe. And yes. I was like, <laughs> now that is what. 10 year old Wookiee needs to be doing like building like it's I don't know if you've yeah. seen that video PJ but it's just literally like here's a metal staff and they like shake it and two giant battle axe blades like flip yeah. out and they're like locked into place Yeah, and I was like I don't know what I would use it for I don't <laughs> want know it. <laughs> but I wouldn't you know I would make a dull one yeah. that I could practice with <laughs> but like that's the stuff people should be doing it doesn't really yeah. need a thing but you made something cool it, almost validating that with like the good parts of YouTube people making weird crap like that yeah. and actually getting paid to do it yeah. is the human experience I, I fully agree so yeah it's I'll, those bright spots and all the, the crazy crap going on because I think not to bring up anything bad but you had like a tweet about a month ago and you were saying something like um it you know, something's not succeeding because somebody doesn't want certain races to succeed. I think mean, you tweeted yeah. that and I was like, fuck that shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know what was going on, but I think yeah, I liked no, it no, and it tweeted was, it. Yeah. I was like, it, fuck it, that. And it's really yeah. funny that you said that. Um, yeah, I, I a thousand percent agree. And it's and it's really interesting, right? Because a lot of people when they think uh when I speak of race, of course I'm Puerto Rican, I'm a I'm mm -hmm. a minority, I'm a Latino. Um when I speak about race. I'm not really speaking about the Latin race, to be mm -hmm. quite honest. I'm talking about the nerd race, the geeks, the, <laughs> the, 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 the tinkers, the modders, right? I'm thinking about Sally S. Bradley. I'm thinking about, yeah, myself. I'm thinking about people that are out there modding and hacking and pushing the narrative of the industry, not a brand, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of corporate interests that don't want that to, to succeed and grow right. and expand What's on. The same thing with the billionaire thing. Once they've made theirs, they want to lock it out. Like you guys yeah. now, the the right to repair. You guys, you take a a screwdriver to that damn headset. Guess what? We're gonna try to throw you in jail because you're threatening yeah. 
our industry, not the industry, their industry. And it's like, fuck that shit. hundred <laughs> percent. The, 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 the right to repair is something that I personally, you know, donate every, every sense, every chance I get. Um, the right to repair, a lot of people don't realize that it's not just the right to repair your products. It's the ability to not let a company dictate how long you can use a product for. Yep. Um, planned Apple, yeah. exactly. Planned obsolescence made sense in an era where humans were doing 80% of the factory work. Right. So you didn't want to have people building products, assembling products all the time because the numbers and the demands were getting, you know, getting crazy. So they were they were trying to find a a, a halfway step. Right. Um, the, the, one of the one of the things I think a lot about is the light bulb. Um, if you actually look at light bulbs before, you know, planned obsolescence kicked in, light bulbs could last about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Now I'm it's like about a week. Every every week we're blowing a light bulb in the damn house, and it's like the I, as a kid, I never remember replacing this many fucking light oh, bulbs. Man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it, keep no, going. <laughs> I, no, no, no. It's exactly that. It, it's a, it, it's something that 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 you know you can only find out if you're consciously, like you said, subconsciously mm-hmm. realizing. It's like, oh man, like I'm I'm wasting a lot of light bulbs here, but people are not realizing that's happening with everything. Food is getting mm-hmm. you know smaller amounts. Uh, what you used to get even on a on a product purchase, you don't get as much benefits anymore. You know, before and, and, and for better or for worse, right? When you bought a laptop computer back in the day, you know, it came it came with a bunch of you know crappy software, but they were there to bring value and discounts to your software, right? Well, it came and, with stuff like like a slipcase and it came with things like that. Now they're yeah. accessories. And I will yeah. never forgive humankind or you know, I like Microsoft as much as you can. But like <laughs> yeah. we bought the first OG Xbox, blew our minds. Everything's great. Comparison is the thief of joy. But when you see what the Japanese folks get with their consoles, okay. and it's like they won't buy it unless they get a bunch of cool crap. Yep. But it's kind of like value. I want the cool crap. Exactly. Exactly. And but, it's it's applying to everything, man. It, it's yeah. on everything. It, it, it on every even schools, right? Like um. Or living, right? Um, uh, I, I pay attention. Like I said, I, I'm building a company. I'm really am trying to get to a billionaire as fast as possible. So you got to pay attention to like everything in our sector. Um, real estate, right? Real estate mm. is something that a lot of people don't ever think about. But um, BlackRock, um, which is known as one <laughs> of the biggest portfolios, and you're laughing, yeah. like, yeah, man, like they they already said it. Like, like the 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 narrative of building a, a a world where everybody gets whatever they want and they're going to shut up and be happy that would that's actually a quote from the founder of blackrock because they're buying all of the real estate they're waiting for mm-hmm. two catastrophic events um uh some people call it the silver wave and also the demise of the of the ownership of property yeah. and those two things are going to happen in tandem the silver yeah. wave or, or the great death as funeral uh, industry calls it, is that a lot of people don't realize that like almost 60% of, I mean, I'm talking specifically in the United States, they're over the age of 65. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a, a, a massive, just, you know, the, if the pandemic was a, a sign of that, it's going to be like four or five times uh, much more catastrophic. And what happens if all of a sudden a huge chunk of the population that was over the age of 65 disappears and all of the resources that they have now gets funneled down into the inheritance. 
But what happens if all of a sudden a new policy kicks in just as that's happening and it says, hey, if you inherited a house that let's say that's estimated value is of a million dollars, that you must have a financial equitable amount in your assets or in your personal mm -hmm. funds that can allocate that you can own that home. And if you don't, they'll take it away from you. And now that million dollar home that you inherited, the government's saying, ah, you can't afford this, so we're taking it away from you. Yeah. That's about to happen because they're going to provide all of those incentives. Like, you know, unfortunately they're going to be needed like universal basic income and all of these practices that are going to be needed, but they're going to come at a cost that we need to figure out ways to not just be content with it, but to actually be happy. It's okay, fine. If I, if everybody's going to be at the same level, how do I differentiate myself? Right. The emperor has no clothes, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to see people like me, you know, crazy talking like lunatics out there building communities and, and building platforms just like you guys are. And we are going to differentiate ourselves, differentiate ourselves in a, in the new, you know, in the new society, punk rock 101. I don't know how to get to the billionaire status, but I'm I'm on uh, board with that idea. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you when you're different, they everybody wants to be, you know, either affiliated or associated with the different for better or for worse. <laughs> right? That's that, that's my philosophy. I'm generally fairly different and that's that's about half true. I I, I make a lot of enemies. Oh. <laughs> but I don't really care. But that's that's part of the process, man. Like, mm -hmm. if you're not, if you're not, you know, I say this to to my team, even you know. And for, granted, I say that in, in order to incentivize not to hate me. But um, mm -hmm. I, if you don't feel friction, if you don't yeah, have dude. enemies, if you don't, you know, enough. rough the people's feathers, then you're not doing something right. Um, growth. There's a reason why growth gets associated with pain, right? Growing pains are a real thing. Um, when you're pushing the, the the boundaries of ideas, of collaboration, communication, business, anything, there has to be friction. There has to be enemies, because the the you know um, one of my going back to 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 anime that I love. There's an anime called One Piece, right? There's a mm -hmm. it's about pirates, and the the main character Luffy, he's you know he wants to be free at all costs, right? He doesn't have a real ambition. He just wants to be free. And in order to become free, you know, they're equivalent of becoming billionaires to become the pirate king, right? The the, the, the king of all the pirates. Mm -hmm. But what I love, it connects so much with that philosophy of Luffy is that Luffy makes, like you mentioned, a lot of enemies, probably more enemies than allies. But <laughs> those enemies are inspired by him right because they the ones that want to be evil become even more evil right that they 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 associate with other evil people and become bigger so they become bigger enemies right so then luffy has to grow and 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 and, and, and you know become the the persevere of, of of that of their enemies right and and i think that that's how you grow that's how generally how you get to the billion you must have a lot of enemies, right? You want to have billion dollar companies as your enemies, right? Because if you're not, then your value is under them always, right? When they see you out of eye and they're worth a billion, mm -hmm. you have made yourself, you you have hit the billion dollar market, right? When 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 you when you're when you're roughing up the feathers of these giant corporations, you're you're under level. <laughs> mm. Right? That, that's yep. uh, that's how I see it.
know, I was going to ask you that a long, you know, about an hour ago now, like <laughs> does, does Meta or Valve or HTC, do you get pushback from them doing what you're doing or anything like that? To be quite honest, no, I, I get actually a lot of love from them. Um, HTC, uh, uh, first to mention, um, they have shown me a lot of love, you know, um, the executives over there um, from Alvin at the top, right? Um, Edward Haggins, uh, the director of Enterprise, um, Brandon uh, Connolly, right, uh, who's uh, who's very active on Twitter, uh, Dario, like, honestly, the, the HTC high-level team, fully understands what I'm looking to do with Reboot Imagine. And they also understand that they are essentially a vendor and sure that companies want to get the support and the, you know, the value added benefits of, you know, maybe directly from HTC if they're a large entity that's procuring the headsets, but HTC starting to realize that, you know, operations and growth, like what we're talking is going to require focus on company growth, not handholding. So they they definitely show us uh show me and, and my team a lot of love. Uh, we get invited to a lot of events. Next week we're going to be at uh, IAPA HTC has a booth there. I'm going to you know go there and show them some love. Meta also uh, Meta for Business uh, when it got announced they immediately you know they they knew that we were in a managed services provider space so they they reached out to us. Um, they ensured that we had all of the right messaging and verbiage and understanding of their tools to. To make sure that we're able to handhold that at scale, Magic Leap, um, same there. They 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 fully understand. We actually officially made a partnership last week with them, so you you wow. can procure Magic Leap devices at, at the Reboot Imagine oh. Enterprise Store. Um, uh, I, I at the moment I'm, I'm still talking to a few companies. I don't know. I, I really can't say if they <laughs> love us just yet. So if I haven't mentioned them, you can make assumptions. Uh, but we're talking to all of them. We we want to make sure that they are fully aware of what we're looking to do. I don't ever want to be seen as the HTC, the Meta, the the other you know, uh, Magic Leap guy. I want to be seen You're a Pico as Pico Shop. There we go, Pico. <laughs> I, honestly, let me you know, Pico. Uh, I I feel horrible for that. Pico, yeah. Pico, their their director of business development is helping us out trying to get the Pico devices into uh into our store. So that's that's also definitely a shout out to the Pico XR team. But yeah, um, as far as friction goes, man, it's I, I that's the benefit. Once again, when you when you notice that everybody's in the primordial soup, how do you differentiate? The realities are there's no managed services provider in XR and spatial computing until Reboot Imagine showed up. Um, there's companies like you know uh, that do you know value added reselling. That's not what we do, right? We are we are actually. <laughs> we're actually bringing in the value, right? So if you tell us, Jose, you know, we, we have a thousand headsets that we want to get and, <laughs> you know, 80% of those people getting those headsets barely know how to use Microsoft Word, right? So <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I still barely know how to use Microsoft. I'm just kidding. Exactly. So you don't want to be, you don't want to be handholding people with stuff that you already know, right? Um, and that's what we do. We we build, we we make sure that IT directors and engineers and people that have traditional IT mm. sees the value of that. And they just go like, oh man, I don't have to deal with, yeah, teaching people how to use a laptop, right? Because that happened early on mm. for IT departments when <laughs> when the laptop started coming in. Um, that that's that's education in real time and. We lost the, those those companies, right? The, the traditional mom and pop computer shop, repair shop. They don't exist yeah. anymore, right? So it, it's a lot of things that I'm tackling at once. But when you 
when you have these conversations like the ones that we're having, you kind of start realizing it's like, oh, wait a minute. It's not just arcades. It's not just enterprise. It's not just the, the selling of the hardware. It's really the confidence that stitches is all up for, you know, industry growth. Do you do any like custom installs? Because some of the tweets you've made in the past look like, I don't know what the hell he's working on, but God damn, <laughs> I've never seen that before. Yeah, we we are all about custom installations, right? The location-based entertainment uh, mm -hmm. industry. There, there's people love having you know custom experiences. Uh, I've done things from uh, one of my favorite uh, projects that definitely went viral on Twitter was we found uh, there's an arcade here called Desolin Park. It was like a few years ago. They they the owner had purchased, I think it was from Russia, a bunch of Russian uh, storages. <laughs> They had a bunch of our uh, old school arcade simulators that were Whoa. manufactured. In, that like, might be the one I saw. Yeah. Yeah. It looked in, like, is he, are those race cars or are these yes, flying? They were race cars. Yeah. Like, what the hell? They, they yeah. were, they were, they were NASCAR simulators from like 1988. Right. <laughs> so these were like pretty much like hydraulics, like actual mm -hmm. real machinery and the hardware, the company that made them, you know, uh, like, went bankrupt like in 1996 the the i found an engineer and the engineer told me like like he was like one the the motherboards that that computer has were manufactured like i think he told me they were manufactured in um it was a latin region i think it was yeah it was argentina and so the, the company that produced them in argentina doesn't even exist anymore and they didn't even know the company name it was a whole ordeal and mm. So they were just used as showcase. And when I went into this arcade and I saw this, I, I went to the owner and I told him like, hey, these don't work. What happens if I modernize these and I turn them into VR uh, moving uh, simulators, right? And the guy gave me like, hey, if you do it, you know, I'll give you the marketing, the proposal, and we'll pay you for the hardware. And I did that for free. <laughs> I did it for free. I um they bought they purchased all the hardware. I gutted out the you know all that hardware. I replaced it you know with a modern computer. I got rid of all the hydraulics because you know high, um simulators work much differently now. Mm -hmm. Um and I I went with uh, I forgot the name of the company, but I think it's like Next Level Racing. They have a motion platform mm. that is USB based and it makes the chair you know move. And the cool thing about it is that you can use any racing or computer chair to mount onto it. So it, it, it's a really cool, uh, expensive um, <laughs> hardware piece, but uh, they purchased them and we, you know, we installed one in each one. We reached out to DPVR, uh, who's a well-known uh, VR headset from China. So really cheap uh, Quest 1 clones, for lack of a better word. And we were able to get like eight of them at about like $120 each. Um <laughs> So we, yeah, we we turned them into VR simulators. We replaced the screens with projectors, and wow, it became a really cool uh, showcase. And the the owner was super excited, and delighted. And he said, "Man, I'm really glad that you you helped us with these six. By the way, when I purchased this, it was actually thirteen of them. So we have an additional six in Orlando, <laughs> and that became uh, even more of a success. Uh, we we ended up doing that for them too, and." Yeah, it's been it's it's what I love to do. Um, we did that too with a, a few companies uh, that I'm working for that, with that I can't talk about just yet. Mm -hmm. But a lot of well-known uh, VR games are are now thinking about you know making activations and um, I, ways that people don't just get to try the game, 
But when people are taking pictures, they look like they're playing the game, right? And that's the problem with VR is that you always see a person just playing in VR and then you have like a clip of, of what they're playing behind them when you can build uh, experiences that could show both at the same time. The the Meta Store actually came the closest with their Beat Saber booth, right? Where you have a beautiful projector showing you uh, playing the game in mixed reality. The problem there, they use the wrong technology and there's lag like crazy. But the the there's potential there, and yeah, that's that's kind of a huge part of what Reboot Imagine does, right? We we focus on both industries of the enterprise and the arcade modding and custom installation uh, space. That's exciting, and I'm kind of now jealous. Like the next time I visit Wookie, we might have to come down and visit. <laughs> Please, I, oh man, I'm ready. Like I, I definitely know the, the 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 places that you're close to. That's that's the cool thing about Reboot Imagine is that we have clients all over, right? We have clients in Hawaii, right? Kapoli Karaoke. I, I well. It was before they became a Reboot Imagine client. They were called Capoli Karaoke. Now they're called Capoli Karaoke VR, right? Because VR has been such a a, a great uh, tool for them, and then now they're you know they're offering VR boots, and and it's really cool seeing um, these uh, businesses expand. Uh, GameSpot Polygon is an airsoft shooting range that mm-hmm. now has VR shooting ranges, right? That's we, awesome. we added, it's it's <clears throat> super cool, and the only way that you can build such niche uh considerably um businesses is by being a company that that yeah that tells clients hey dude just tell us what you want to do and we're ready you know it's uh um somebody somebody um told me like man jose you know that your guy you guys are doing what the Mythbusters guys do on the side before, <laughs> you know, what they do now professionally, right? They were, that's how they they got known. They were being told, hey, we want to showcase these technology. And, you know, it's really cool that I get to do something similar, but for VR, it's super awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting. And kind of takes us way back to the start of the episode, but like, you know, we were talking about arcades and, and, you know, mixed reality and all that stuff, but even games like Space Pirate Trainer, when you have that, like it'll just build the arena for you and actually, again, just needing the space to go do that with people and be able to run around, like that is just mind-blowing and to have that space. And oh, I don't know what all you have planned for those kinds of things, but like, um, I mean, your imagination yeah. is all you need oh, and you can exactly and, and, and technology <laughs> infrastructure too right the 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 realities are that even space pirate trainer when they brought in their, their free you know their their large scale uh option it was when they just meta had just introduced you know large scale tracking right yeah. so things like positional uh coherent or, or edge computing as people like to call it hasn't really become got, had gone mainstream at that time now we have things like htc self-tracking tracker that are essentially base stations that will be able to be locked into a physical space so now no matter what headsets you're potentially using you get to play you know potentially space pirate trainer with a Pico headset and a Quest headset, and they have the same exact layout markers because they're, you know, the, the 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 grids are being handled by third-party hardware. So that's things that maybe we're going to probably see a lot more in arcades and locations that you know are using these technologies to take them to the next level. Um, haptics are something that 
a lot of people take for granted, right? We have, you know, Behaptics and all these, 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 these companies, but you know, there's OO and there's other companies that are now, you know, Tesla suit that are just, you know, taking that to insane levels. And, and these are, you know, five to $10,000 products at times. And we, you know, arcades will be able to financially make those costs, you know, uh, feasible. Um, the void, I'm sure you guys uh, have heard of the void, right? They, mm -hmm. One of the very first uh, doing, you know, high-end polished virtual reality for better or for worse at the time. Um, we, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have realized that backpack VR was not the way to go. Right. right. And that, yeah. that inspired companies to start looking at all-in-one headsets. And now we're at the point where arcades are realizing all-in-one headsets are a good half step. Right. So now we're going to be looking at pc vr wireless pc vr right cloud edge uh rendering pc vr um and that's I just where... want to rent a pc to do that so i can play cyberpunk in vr oh dude oh yeah exactly like two months oh uh, it's, 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 <laughs> oh <laughs> that's that's oh man there i forgot the name of an arcade but there's arcades that are doing that now where you can like rent Crazy. high level like production equipment um for an hour and you can play you know the games that you want to play with all the mods and all that you know pumped up and cranked up um it, it's it's yeah man it's we're back to culture building man it's mm -hmm. um yeah i i think i i i don't know what, what other way to 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 express it but i'm just so ready for it <laughs> uh, more than than anything probably yeah well, I have to say, man, like we've talked to a lot of devs, you know, mainly devs, but there's always the dev that we've heard this a couple of times. Like, I haven't talked to anyone for six months till we've had this chat. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. And then we have, you know, there's devs that are just beyond excited, but like your enthusiasm for VR, like, it's, it's not amazing. Just about your game or this. Yeah, it's, like it's just like pushing it all forward. Entire platform as a whole, just trying to make it happen is like again, hats off. I, I was wearing a hat, I'd do the hat off thing, but dude, that's <laughs> headsets off with it. Yeah. Headsets <laughs> off. There we go. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh man, thank you. That that means to be honest with you, it's why I do it for right? a lot of people say that uh, of that, but yeah, anybody that has met me, uh, and you can ask anyone, um, for better or for worse, money is not, as somebody who says that they want to get to a billion, money is not my my inspiration. It's not what I'm going after. It's just I'm fully aware that if I want to get satellites and build a centralized internet yeah. or get all that, Money's it's a tool. required. Exactly. <laughs> it's, yep. a, it's an ultimate tool. And a lot of people get caught up in the tool of money, and they don't realize, and, and it's something that I will never and at least you know if i ever stop you know people like yourselves will definitely make sure of that to remind me it's you're not going to get anywhere in life if people lose respect for you genuine respect and companies that and i mean i don't have to mention companies that you can think of any vr company they don't have that respect anymore none of them do and the reason for that is is they're vendors. That's exactly what was needed. And that's yeah. actually a very good thing. Now we need to celebrate and champion the actual industry, the mindset, the what it means to be a modern VR user, what it means to grow an industry. You know, like my my the company I built is I feel like it's something that's needed for the people that need it and the people that don't need it respect it. Um that's what I, I, I love about this space is that I I wanted to build something that the developers, that as you mentioned, the engineers 
they they have a place to call home. Um, it, it, it sucks that you know engineers have to find jobs where their work is being hidden behind NDAs and and, mm. and and their growth gets stagnated because they can't talk about the cool things that they can or they're not allowed to tell people that they work for this company because the founders are afraid that they get sniped from you know or or get a counter proposal mm -hmm. it, it's a it's something that we don't realize it's that engineers are are the commodity that are building this industry and we need them like we need yeah. them we, we need to talk to them you know, developers, like they have a big chunk of my heart, right? But developers are following the templates of what the engineers are building. And what happens if all the engineers that are building mm -hmm. these things are 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 part of one company and one company alone? Um, yeah, I, I built this company for people like you guys, right? That want to learn about this industry, that want to grow, that want to, you know, not worry about the boogeyman that <laughs> is the, the modernization of VR, but actually have the conversations that we are right because uh, that's something that i joke a lot with my friends and it's like you know what stops you from fearing the boogeyman introduce them to the devil <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> like we, we were so caught up in talking about all of the all of the scary potentials of vr and all that stuff where it's like hey all of that is already happening this is what you should be being fear of this is what you need to work in order to to you know to elevate yourself and and to build like we mentioned value for ourselves because the truth is we're about to enter an era where we are not going to be able to. And I say this with a lot of pain in my heart, because as, as you can tell, I love showing my intelligence and my skill and my value through my work. Right. So we're going to enter an era where our work will not be the way or our personal work is not going to be the way that we find self-value anymore. Right. It's going to be how we connect with others. And as much as I love that and how beautiful it is, some developers don't know how to connect with people. Some engineers don't. Mm -hmm. um, we we need we need that means that community conversations, uh, empathy infrastructure is what I call it within my company. Like Good my term. COO, yeah. yeah, my COO, um, uh, Laura uh, Pisa, she comes from a hospitality background, and when we started building Reboot Imagine, one of her biggest imposter syndrome uh, factors was that she comes from the hospitality factor. A background, and I remember. Until this day, I think it's the best super skill for Reboot Imagine because mm. she's able to have conversations with what we call the normies, the people that don't know what VR is, right? The people that fear AI, the people that have the fear of losing their jobs, and we get to tell them is that, hey, you are going to lose your job because that job was not meant to be done by you. That was meant to be by a robot. You are right. meant to be more than what you are. <laughs> You're meant to be a creator. Humans are enhancers. If we were meant to do a robot's job, we would have been robots, right? Yeah. So we we are we are we are the collaborators. We are the enhancers. We are the 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 managers of the, uh, or rather, the masters of the domains that that we fall in love for. And yeah, that's that's um. Man, I, once again, I am. I I will not take the the compliments uh, for granted. I will ensure that uh, that Reboot Imagine and myself uh, continues uh, earning that uh, praise. That's awesome, and you know we've had that discussion a few times, like um, in many different forms. Like, you know, oh, once VR gets to the AAA space, like the community will just die away. And so glad to hear you. You know, 
you've thought about this. Clearly you've thought a lot about this and have, have kind of seen the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, no, this, this is how we shift and where we go with it. So, you know, I'm, it's awesome to hear that because that really never clicked in my brain. So I'm glad, but you having heard you say like, it makes a lot of sense. So that's really, really, really neat. So, (laughs) um, Sometimes I like to think of things weirdly. So when you say, like, see the light at the end of the tunnel, a lot of people, when they're not positive and they're not being, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Jose mentioned it, um, if you're not, remember the exact words you used, but if you're not seeing things for, like, what they are, you'll miss kind of stuff. Yeah. So if people can't see the end of the light of the tunnel, it's kind of like, well, maybe the tunnel has got a not- corner in it and you just can't see what you can't see. Yet. Yeah. It's still going to yeah. be fine. <laughs> Or that corner that you're mentioning is by design. Yeah. Right. Um, when I think about VR and I think about knowledge access, right? Um, a lot of people think that it's an agenda that's pushing, you know, the lack of education, the lack of resource information. <laughs> but the the truth is, no, it this is a business agenda. Like 100 percent This is not, you know, ideology or not that. This is how do you build the perfect non-playable character by making them non-playable characters by feeding them information that turns you into a preset statistic right if you behave like a statistic and you have everything received like a statistic and you're you you look you know you you're you're running a nine to five and clocking and then clocking out like a statistic when you look at it at a very high level I'm sorry to break it to you. You're a non-playable character, right? <laughs> so how do you break out of out of that and become a main character in this RPG that we call life, right? It's looking at the rules and, you know, um, I used to do this all the time when I was a kid, when I would play racing games. And it's actually a, a well-known quote from the movie Ready Player One, right? Which is, uh, Holiday says, what happens if we drive in reverse really, really fast, right? <laughs> what if we go the opposite direction? Everybody's going this way. Like I used to love playing Mario Kart or or um or Top Gear for the Super Nintendo and just go in reverse and and keep driving really fast and getting the blinker wrong way, wrong way, wrong way. And I yeah. would be dodging all of the cars coming in my direction. You know what I mean? Like it's that's exactly I, I truly believe that's why I believe I've been able to build a culture, to to build a, a reputation, to be loud. It's I'm going after the road less traveled um if you, not, yeah right if you drive in reverse or go the wrong way on the track and you do that at universal with like the big they have the the uh <laughs> at least in um the weekend or so before 911 when i was there they had the big nascar things all linked and your boss used to be a uh, uh, at the time, used to be uh, some sort of race car driver. I don't remember what. So he's in there trying to do his best, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I go in the wrong way, and then they get mad at you, and then they throw you out. Yeah. That's the friction, because yeah. that was me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. So it's Drive in reverse. <laughs> drive in reverse. You're, and, and, and quite frankly, that means that you're ahead of everybody. It, it truly <laughs> is, because... That means that, you know, I, I joke around, you know, it's maybe it's hip hop culture, but it, we, we say I got, you know, I got that dog in me. You know what I mean? That that's the that's the broken gear in your in your mind. That's what makes you you. Right. It's like you see all of these people telling you this is the preset, you know, template of, of how an experience should be. And you're like, nah, I want that. I, I want to break. I want to I want to I want to I want to see the the curtain behind all of this. Right. Um, 
it, it's the industry needs that the, the industry needs that you know um i'm sure eventually you know i i'm going to probably stumble into uh what you sound quite seasoned on mookie which is building on pretty seasoned enemies but i, I truly believe <laughs> that eventually i'm going to you know rough the the wrong feathers because as this industry continues growing and continues, you know, once I, as I mentioned, the primordial soup of it all, um, we're going to eventually, and it's happening already, right? That a lot of people don't realize that the same games that work, let's say, in a Quest 2 are 100% portable to a Pico. Like, sure, you might have little differences, like the controller layout might be a mm -hmm. little different, but the game runs the same. There's no, like, the, these are they, these are all designed by the same <laughs> software output. There's no, yeah. there's no differentiator. So what happens when a company like mine starts building that momentum, starts letting people know, like, hey, those APKs are the same. Yeah. And 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 um, for better or for worse, right? Uh, it, it needs to happen, right? Because a lot of people forget, and and you mentioned Xbox versus Japanese consoles like the PlayStation. Mm -hmm. That was happening between PlayStation and Xbox, right? Where they were trying to create differentiating software barriers between them, and the developers got mad. The developers said, "Wait a minute, you're telling me they have yeah. to build a whole entire game for this console and not that one?" And they forced. Now, if you look at the Xbox One X and the PlayStation Five, they their internals are the same. And now we're back to the to that conversation. It's like, oh, wait a minute. So port port exclusivities are no longer a thing so now timed exclusivities are are are, are coming into factor so i think that vr is going to move in that direction too and i think it's taking way longer than it needs to so it, it, we we need to get loud my my company needs to you know continue its messaging and you know it, it's uh I, I mentioned it like i'm i'm here to to ruffle the feathers you know like i'm here to make those enemies too so um it's needed yeah like you said punk rock Punk rock, <laughs> exactly. We're, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, What's your uh, punk rock name. Oh man, like Sid Vicious kind of name. What's your What's your punk rock? Oh man, I would say Jose the VR Tech. <laughs> I knew it was gonna be Jose. It was just yeah. you. Uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I. It's um, it's so weird. It, it. I used to hate my name so much. And and now I I champion and love it so much because I I don't know any other Jose in the VR industry who's <laughs> a VR tech right <laughs> or um it, it's uh, I think that's the perfect punk rock name for that reason um okay. there there's 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 nobody like me uh, I, and I hope to continue it that way right like the the when somebody you know when I start seeing the the Jose the VR tech clones I I might go even crazier right so <laughs> I, I as I said I'm here to to be loud and and to ensure that the 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 amazing kind words that you guys have of me and my company continue being met right so I I don't ever want to be like man Jose you're stagnating man like there's another VR tech over there what's going on you know what I mean I, I'm competitive so that's, you should better that's, build that Gundam Larry, I better I better get on that Gundam, man. And, and I don't know if you're noticing, but I'm making some cool stuff back there with robotics. So. I've been seeing things back there. I don't know what it all is. <laughs> oh man, nothing, nothing just yet. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, that thing's I, looking at me. <laughs> oh, are you looking? Oh no, I thought you were. So, oh, man, I thought <laughs> I have you can see where I was pointing because I'm yeah, not on camera at the moment. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a GPT. Um. <laughs> little robot assistant that I'm working on that I'll be hopefully selling on, on our store soon that I nice. like, yeah that's that's what I love doing man I I love I love being able to just 
and if I get to do what I'm doing now for as long as I can, man, I, I think that that's, that's a success for me, honestly. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I hope you do. I mean, you're, you're something special, man. Like, I don't want to end this chat. We're having such a good time, but it's probably <laughs> two hours past, up. Yeah, yeah no, it's past right. time. But trust me, it's so glad glad to finally talk to you. It was such a great time. I I hope you can do this until you can't. Like, oh, <laughs> oh trust until you me, don't I, want I give you I, so, I, exactly. I give yeah. you my word that I will, I I will be focused on this until potentially I can't I can't push any further. Um, I I, always, I, always, I I say that honestly, even when I pitch my company to investors, you know what I mean? Like the only way I get taken out from me, but imagine, or taken out from this industry is by physically literally being taken out. So <laughs> I, I have no intention of leaving. I love this space. I, I, I love what I'm doing. I love my team. I love this industry. I love you guys. Um, so <laughs> it, it's, it's just so much love, man. It's, 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 it's my rocket fuel. So I can't see myself ever losing the, the momentum as long as I, I continuously you know keep being reminded by amazing people like yourselves in this industry yeah thanks man that's great thank you yeah um but yeah um a little over two hours here so we'll, we'll let you get back to your world i just have to say like we were supposed to talk last night and your and your message just like hey guys i was working on <laughs> stuff so hardcore i feel ill like that's your dedication, <laughs> man. That, that's passion. That's yeah. freaking awesome. <laughs> Always, man. And and I made sure, you know, I, I as soon as I sent that message, I made sure that I rested up. I, you know, I did my little, you know, <laughs> workout, pumped myself up a few minutes before, you know, that, yo, I'm talking to Wookie, I'm talking to PJ, you know, you know <laughs> So hopefully I brought in that energy for you guys. Oh, man. definitely. Yeah. Like awesome. I, I feel a little bad because I can't match it, but oh, uh trust me. I, I, <laughs> at this point, I I I worry for the the day that somebody matches this energy because i think it will be like negative magnetism positive magnetism just like so hopefully they, they can't <laughs> I, exist together I, no i don't think so i hope i hope hope i hopefully there isn't somebody that can match this energy because then at that point then yeah i met my you know my my uh my uh arch nemesis and i i don't want i don't want i don't want a lex luther just yet to my yeah, you're not ready so yet. i'm not ready for that let me get to the billion then i'll take on elon or whoever wants it so we'll go from there <laughs> thank you guys again for having me oh thank you yeah, man. this has been great thank you again yeah Bye, guys. see ya i'm doing the peace sign but nobody's looking <laughs> you're just like <laughs> It's about scale. <laughs> no, I love that guy. I've been yeah. following him, like I said, since like the first day I joined Twitter and this account to hang out. I'm like, that guy looks cool. Yeah. And I, we didn't start the podcast for this reason, but it's why we're still going is once we did start talking to people, just that passion. It's, it's addictive. I just want to be around it. Yeah. Or like help it or whatever we can do. Like, you know, because. Yeah. I mean, I have passion for things, but like my passion's like at a four where his is like at a 20. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we get there. We've talked about that before. Like our dad growing up screaming at the TV for go Reggie for the Packers in the nineties. <laughs> like, I don't know how people get that amped up for stuff. Like I get excited about things, but I'm not screaming at the TV. Like, you know, run yeah. into that end zone. You bastard. <laughs> I don't I'm more like the, hopefully chill and laid back compared to that but also i'm kind of jealous because yeah. i want to champion that stuff but 
it's just a, it's it's contagious talking to some of these folks definitely jose is one of them for sure but yeah um anyone watching the video listening to the audio will have links to all his stuff uh check him out he is really championing championing vr like in many different ways like we only got to scratch the surface on a couple of them he's he's doing so much more um than that even and that's insane so check it out look into it help him out support him <laughs> yeah he's he's one of the real deals so if you find yourself without passion for vr follow jose and get a little bit of his <laughs> see what you can do with it and his little fan that he had if you noticed his floor fan, like his tower fan, mm -hmm. had like the blinking lights and the blue thing. My cat was about to tear down my projector screen because he liked the little blue spinny stick light, I think. He was looking at me and he was looking at it. And I was like, don't. <laughs> don't you do it. Right now he's messing with my start button. Why? Hey, everybody. And that's why you, had, you need a camera. No, I'm just kidding. And that's why he needs to get fed, I guess. <laughs> But no, but, this is this has been a good episode. We've had two, our first two back. I've been two hours each. Yeah, that's. Good, that's good, I keep telling Beth like, yeah, I'll only be in there an hour, and she's like, uh huh. <laughs> that's when the the old Batman movie better make it ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Half the people probably won't get that, but get some culture. Go watch the movie; it's worth it. <laughs> the old Michael Keaton. But yeah, thanks everyone for watching and listening. Uh, I'm going to call it a, an episode here. So this was episode 151 with Jose, the VR tech. I've already, I've said as much as I can. He's awesome. Follow him. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be back soon. Are we calling it a week or a week or two? Give him some expectations. Um, we, we were planning on doing every other week, but we owed Jose because he wanted to go yeah. right when the... the the uh, multiplayer back end of our booth fell apart. <laughs> um, we're, we're still figuring out. We're probably more likely going to do two episodes a month and kind of uh, carry that cadence and see how that works out. Unless there's um, a special like this one where yeah. we owed Jose one. But yeah. And I'm still thinking about like doing live stuff, do, you know, doing the episode live and all that. We didn't do this one because... The last one, I had a few issues and I'm almost lost the episode, so I don't want to do that. So we're just taking it nice and easy and slow. <laughs> yep. But see how it goes. One love, right. peace, love. I hope you guys are good for the next couple of weeks. Well, I mean, we give you a double episode, so cut it in half. Go back in time. <laughs> stop listening halfway through and listen to the other half. Make, the make your own cliffhanger. Yeah, you know. Let's find a good spot, pause it, and come back next week. Be like, what's Wookie going to say? <laughs> and in mid sentence. <laughs> if you have to cut one of the three of us off from this episode, just feel free to cut me off because usually what I say isn't really <laughs> cohesive sometimes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hope to see you guys soon. Later. <laughs>